Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Malika Williams. She runs the Center for Women's Voices. And that is what we talked about uh, so deeply on today's episode. Didn't we, Andressa? It was wonderful. It was a quick workshop. Yeah, it, it was like a, it was like a, like a taking a shot of a workshop around exercising your voice. What I, what I think is most useful, there was so much uh, great tidbits and great suggestions and great strategies. But, you know, she talks a lot about getting into curiosity instead of conclusion. And she really dives into that whole way of being when you're in difficult interactions. And she really speaks to really reframing how women could be very powerful leaders, but not acting like somebody that they're not. And, and she gives some amazing suggestions around that. Yeah, she created a method called Breathe. And she goes on to like those eight steps that first is just recognizing the situation and going through, analyzing yourself, what's going on, what is kicking in. And I'm not gonna give too much uh, around that, but this is, this is like your toolbox, right? We have tools to do different types of things in construction projects. This is a toolbox for us to deal with how we deal in different circumstances without overanalyzing or being so apologetic. This is very powerful. It's, it's something that you can really use on any circumstance in real estate and in quite honest in, in your entire life. So enjoy this episode and let us know how it goes. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investher, H-E-R, con.com and use the promo code 100PODCAST to get $100 off your ticket. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we are on a mission to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. And whatever balanced, as we always say, right, Andressa, means to you. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it might vary. No, it does vary. It does vary. Women to women, it might look different. So we're not just saying, oh, it needs to be equal parts. 
That's might right. be completely unbalanced, but you're okay with that. So we're good. That's right. That's right. And you know, if this is your first time listening, thank you for finding us. This is a weekly podcast we release on Fridays and we uh, bring on some amazing women uh, to talk about real estate investing, about business, and also self-care, which is what we're going to be focusing a lot on uh, this episode about. So Malika Williams, thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining us on our show today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have her on. Uh, we uh, always like to connect with a lot of our guests ahead of time because we really think about the women listening to this and we really don't want to waste your time. We want to bring on women that are going to help you. And uh, we're very intentional about that. And I just so enjoyed our conversation when we talked, like we were talking about like 10 years ago. We didn't talk for 10 years ago, but it felt like 10 years ago. Um, and just so excited to get into uh, her expertise here in a moment. So uh, as we'd like to do uh, for the women, like I said, that are back with us every week, uh, we always like to connect with you to t share a quick tip, story, something that is coming up for either me or Andressa, and we kind of take turns uh, sharing that. <laughs> so, so this week's my turn, right, Andressa? What's going on? <laughs> oh, lots of, lots going, lot, there's a lot going on, and I want to share this for the women. You know, Andressa and I have different um, personalities. We have different things that we're working on in our lives, and we support each other in, in those things, right? So for the women listening that can connect with this particular uh, area, I, I realized last week that I don't always know how I feel. And it's funny because I'm a very self-aware person. I've read a lot of personal growth books for over 20 years. I've done workshops that I paid a lot of money for people to like, who are you? And they rip you apart. You know, I've, I've done that, right? I've done that work. And I realized last week that I'm not always aware how I'm feeling. And I was thinking about it and, you know, you start to say, well, when did that happen and why is it happening? And that's all rabbit hole and that's helpful. But quite honestly, it's like, what do you do now? And I think for the women listening that connect with this is that when you feel like your best self is not in a conversation, right? Because it's pretty easy to know when you're not, you know, really there. You got to kind of be very mindful to like step out and say, what's coming up for me? okay, let's redirect this. Or the call has to wait or something else. I was on a call with you, Andressa. Yeah. And I felt, I felt very um, defensive and, you know, just a lot of emotions that are not useful for, for a conversation that we were brainstorming. We had nothing to do with Andressa, quite honestly. It had to do with me. But I'm like, I don't always know how I feel. I think I stay very busy. Um, I'm very intent on other people. And because I'm so caring, which is a good thing sometimes, and I'm very intent how people feel, I don't always know how I, I, I feel and what's coming up for Liz. So I just share that for the women who might be moving very fast um, or are always intent on knowing where other women are coming from. It's great, you know, because you're empathetic and you, you know, but it, you got to know where you're coming from too. And if you're not coming from a good place, I am not going to be showing up useful for a conversation. And that wasn't fair to Andressa or the people you're talking to. And it wasn't fair to me, right? Because I wasn't feeling even in a good place. And that has to do with her. <laughs> um, so anyway, I just share that as a, as a quick tip. Be aware. If you're not aware of your emotions, start becoming like, okay, something's coming up for me. Let me look at it quickly. Let's redirect or just, hey, can we talk a little later? Wh how, whatever works for you, but don't be in an hour conversation with people you care about and waste people's time if you're not really present. So right. just wanted to share yeah. that. 
and I just wanted to share with you guys that, you know, when, when Liz, after, after this call, when she shared, it's important to have partners that first you can trust and you can really say, listen, I was a little off or whatever the story is in my head. And number one, certain things I was not even aware of. And I was like, wow, is that what you're thinking at that moment that were you feeling or because you know, when we all, we all go to that rabbit hole and we're like, oh, they might be thinking these of me or that or that, but it's just our perception, right? And I was sharing with Liz, I am listening to um, Audible special from Gabrielle Bernstein called You Are the Guru. It's a three-hour Audible where she basically shares so many things and one of the things that i thought was very cool is that when you when you get when you when somebody pushes your trigger right and you get either irritated defensive or like i'm gonna kill that person or whatever that is <laughs> so gabrielle was mentioning that that individual it's touching something in you that is not healed yet mm. and that is why it is a sensitive subject so it is just, we sometimes want to like thank that person and say, oh, you touched something in me here and now I'm like pissed off, irritated, but yeah. what that is, right? It is all on us. The power is within us, has nothing to do with the other person, right? We take, I take full responsibility when I am like irritated yeah. with whatever that circumstance is. So check it out. It is a special Audible. If you already have Audible, it, it's free. So it's called You Are the Guru by Gabrielle Bernstein. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. And it's really helpful to be in, in relationships with people who, you know, you, you come from a place of kindness, right? And, and we're, working on, we're working on things. And quite honestly, when I had that conversation where I just kind of cleaned up, if you will, with Andressa, I did not say that it was her fault. I'm like, this has nothing to do with you, but this is what's coming up for me. This is what I'm working on. Thanks for being patient. And, and, and it was a really great conversation I had with her. So um, always good, always good. <laughs> always good stuff. So always learning and growing. So um, Malika, I know you're going to help us do some learning and growing. And I'm so excited about um, this conversation, selfishly, of course, uh, because a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about with you. So we always like to do, uh, as we kind of kick things off with our, our guests, is share a little bit about, if you can, a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, Malika has an amazing background, and she uh, her focus is working with women, professional women, and helping them in a variety of ways. So you're probably going to say it much better than I can. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about you and um, why do you focus on helping women and, and you know, all those sort of things. Absolutely. Um, I just want to say right off the bat, you two are both speaking my language. I'm so excited <laughs> about what you shared in this conversation. So um, I'm in the right place right now, which is good. <laughs> so my background is in acting and performing. Um, that's what I focused on in college and I got a master's degree um, in acting and kind of entered the entertainment industry, um, auditioning for television and film and theater. And that was kind of my passion for a really long time. Um, one of the jobs that I had as an actor was kind of an unconventional um, opportunity. This was about maybe four or five years ago was working for a theater company that was contracted by the Department of Navy to do this very interactive model of um, sexual assault prevention and response training. 
So we were there as actors, but we went to military bases all over the world, Guantanamo Bay, Japan. It was this great opportunity for travel, but teaching this uh, very kind of heavy subject matter. So I started out as a performer in that context, and then I transitioned to being a facilitator where I was um, helping to run these trainings with sometimes there would be like 1,200 Marines, sometimes there would be uh, 200, but various groups, um, yeah, Marines and sailors. So when I was training for this position, my supervisor told me, you know, if you ever feel like your points, your talking points aren't landing with the Marines and sailors, go ahead and just turn it over to the male co-facilitator. This, we always pair a man and a woman together. You know, sometimes things just sound better coming from a man. And <laughs> exactly, traumatic pause, right? In my brain, I was like, what? <laughs> um, it really, that really hit me. And I knew where she was coming from because I had been in those rooms as an actor. I'd been in these contexts where, yeah, you have 1,200 Marines and fatigues with their arms crossed at 7 a.m. who don't want to talk about sexual assault response training and prevention. Like, there are a lot of reasons why it's difficult to kind of show up in that space. But what occurred to me was that that the solution that she was giving me, which was to turn it over to a male co-facilitator, was just a very kind of clunky workaround for the deeper problem, which was that uh, a woman's voice was not valued in this hyper-masculine space. And so the way they had addressed it was by putting men and women together or having this trade-off. And I just felt like for me, that was not an option. I would never do that. And I realized this is something that is happening probably in, in pretty much every industry. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I can't give it like that. Right. And the way that it's addressed is kind of maybe giving women tools to be, you know, have a lower voice or be louder, you know, reach the back of the room, these kind of technical pieces about speaking. But I think just as important is knowing that you belong in the room and feeling that sense of purpose in those contexts. So I decided, okay, this is what I wanna focus on. I think I could work on this for a really long time. I wanna um, create a context where I can help women communicate without apologizing or overanalyzing, particularly women who work in male-driven industries um, so that they can um, stop flying under the radar and contribute at their highest level, right? So that's, that's my mission. I've been working uh, for the past few years um, with women one-on-one -on -one, um, in coaching sessions and then doing group workshops as well. Um, but it's, it's been exciting for me and I've grown so much in the work. And that's one reason I know it's such a good fit for me is because I'm learning from my clients all of the time. And there's so much that it uh, connects to. So kind of on the surface, it's about communication and the way we speak. But then right below that, it's, it's worthiness. What do I have to offer? It's kind of how do I deal when other people think less of me? Um, and it's even, and this is one of the reasons I really connect to um, your mission is that it's, you know, the, the question about power and money is almost always there of like, what do I deserve? What can I go for? Um, what am I allowed to have or want? it's all tied in the way that we show up and the way that we um, speak to other people and the way we speak about ourselves. 
So um, that's, that's what I'm doing these days. Oh my gosh, I can talk for hours. <laughs> so as you, were, as you were saying this, I, an example popped in my head about a friend of ours um, who was uh, negotiating um, syndication deal for an apartment complex once called Liz and I, and she was saying, listen, I think that if I, I step out of the negotiation and, and let another male lead, we wouldn't be having the issues that we are having now. So she was considering for the sake of the deal, for the, the benefit of the team, she would step out. And then we're like, I hear that. I, we, we hear that and we understand, right? If, mm -hmm. if, it, if it is, I always say, listen, in order to get the deal done, let's play around and see, okay, who is the best person to talk, to negotiate. Mm -hmm. But in that case, she had the skills, she had everything, the knowledge mm -hmm. to do it. It was just a matter of gender. Mm -hmm. and, and we really encourage her to continue. Because if she didn't, she would, I felt that she will put a dent on her own perceptions of herself. And also, mm -hmm. you wouldn't contribute to other women to see it. So when she did close that deal, that freaking deal that she did close on it, I called her and I said, I don't, I don't think you realize what that means, not just yeah. to you, but to all the other women that can see you closing this million dollars uh, deal here that we can see, okay, not just for all the women, but all for the men, for the yeah. men are dealing with it. So it's a, it's a space that little by little we are tapping on it. I believe the biggest challenge that women have and I hear is that I don't want to be masculine. I don't want to have to raise my voice or be forceful. I, I, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what is the way? How can we still be ourselves and, and, and move towards, but confidently and powerfully? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think that's one of the uh, problems in the space now about kind of leadership development for women. One of the fundamental issues is that our kind of concept of what a leader is, is, is like, you know, an older white man. Like that's kind of the model, the archetype for so long. And so when you think about, well, how, how can I be respected? How can I be heard? It's like, how do I become this older white man? <laughs> Which is like, that's going to be challenging, right? And it's going to seem inauthentic and all these things. So I love, I love that question. I think um, the premise is like, it is important for you to understand what leadership looks like on you and how you kind of, show up as an authoritative figure in your own life. And most of us have, all of us have experiences at some point in our life uh, where we have had to take charge. It could be with your, you know, in your family situation with your kids, right? It could be, if you don't have kids, it could be talking to your pet, right? There's, there are times when we go into um, a mode that's like, listen to me, what I'm saying is important. So it's really kind of, um, 
being able to connect to those moments, to those, um, those times when you embodied that and really getting clear, what were the behaviors I was doing? How did I sound? What was my frame of mind? What were the um, thoughts that I was having? And being able to extend those into other contexts of your life when you need them. You know, it, I think there's um, a misconception that you have to always uh, be hard or be, as you said, you know, be masculine, right? That you're not gonna kind of be yourself if you're a warm and friendly person. Um, the reality is we're multifaceted. We have so many dimensions as human beings. And part of stepping into your leadership potential is leveraging different parts of your personality at different times and really having that, um, that facility to know I can be this way when I want to be, I can be this way, you know, I'm not stuck in any mode. Mm -hmm. um, so I think really owning the fact that, oh, there are times when I'm in control. There are times when it's not a negotiation, <laughs> whether or not somebody listens to me or is hearing me and getting, and that's going to look different for each person, right? There's some, you know, you could think of our own, you know, my, mo my mother does nev never raises her voice, but there are times when she is so quiet and measured <laughs> and it's like, oh, scary, <laughs> scary right? <laughs> And that's not necessarily kind of a masculine embodiment of power, right? There's something else there that's, that's her own. Um, so I think it's really believing that there is a way to uh, accomplish the goal that you want in, in your own body and in your own voice. Yeah. In, in your own approach. I mean, yeah, I think it leads really nicely into to the whole idea of how to deal with difficult interactions, right? And difficult conversations, because it's one thing to, you know, it's, it's easy if someone's friendly and wants to chat with people, that's easier for them to have those kinds of conversations versus a, you know, coming to Jesus meeting with somebody about some, a contractor, let's use a contractor. Yeah. Let's, let's use something that's applicable to our, our, our business, a contractor, right? Something's not working, you know, we need to redirect. How does, you know, I think I can just speak personally. I think women, and including myself at times struggle with, you know, coming across to be taken seriously, to get the, get this straight, but do it in a way that kind of feels right. It feels mm -hmm. normal. It feels kind of comfortable, if mm -hmm. you will. And they don't want to come across as a bitch, you know, or, or, or this person who's like, ah, you know, so, you know, you talk about this, um, this breathe method, which I'm mm -hmm. super intrigued about. I probably can use it basis my, my uh, <laughs> sharing earlier. Um, you know, when you have these difficult interactions, difficult conversations, we all have them daily, right? Personally, professionally, especially if you're dealing with in, in an industry, like we're, in, we're dealing with bankers, we're dealing with contractors, we're dealing with a lot of people who may or may not take us as seriously as others, right? Mm -hmm. It's there, it's there. Um, what is this method and how can women listening use it in their own managing these, these, these uh, conversations? Yeah, so the breathe method is a process that I created to help myself and my clients deal with these moments that you're talking about, these difficult interactions that come up where there's a misunderstanding or there's a microaggression or there's some kind of even, you know, me too moment of sexual harassment or these things. And I think one of the um, points which you just spoke to, which is so important is to know these events, these things happen in life. 
and it's not about you all the time. Like just kind of knowing that these things are going to happen, particularly if you are in a male driven industry or you're doing anything out of the kind of ordinary of, of what maybe a woman is supposed to do in quotes. Um, but even in that context, like there are just going to be times where uh, conflict is inevitable, right? So it's important to have a toolkit of how you deal with these um, situations when they come up. And the toolkit is not about necessarily, um, you know, putting other people in their place or defending yourself. It's really about the kind of um, internal experience of how you take care of yourself in these moments and really manage your own mental health and self-care. So, um, oftentimes these interactions will happen and we just, uh, we either ignore them totally <laughs> or we um, maybe acknowledge it, but minimize it. And so nothing changes about the dynamic or we obsess about it um, and kind of play everything over in our heads over and over again and beat ourselves up. Why didn't I say this? Why didn't I say this? And kind of just uh, beat our, yeah, beat ourselves up for, um, feeling like we didn't own our voice in the, in the present moment, right? So this is a tool that it has eight steps, which is a lot of steps, but it's an acronym, so you can remember it. The acronym is BREATHE. Um, and this is a process you can do one at a time, kind of after the fact, to, to get clear about how you're doing. Um, or you can just kind of pick and choose the... the um, the elements that really resonate with you to have. And I think different situations will call for different tools, but this really connects to what you were sharing in the beginning, Liz, about that question of how do I feel? Like <laughs> it's not always easy to connect to that, right? To understand what's going on under the surface. Um, and yet when you stay in the dark about that, you're really giving away some of your power and just agency, right? If you're not sure how you feel or what is impacting you. Um, so that's what this tool is for, to help you kind of really understand what's going on. Um, so the first step of the breathe method is just that word, breathe. Literally taking in air into your body. When we are um, offended or affronted or caught off guard, it's very uh, normal to just kind of hold your breath. Yes. And <laughs> when you're, <laughs> you experience yeah. that, right? Yeah. And when you're not breathing, your brain is just not at its full capacity. It's not, um, it's not helping you when you're cutting off oxygen. So just taking a moment to breathe is super important. And it tells your body, I'm safe. I'm okay. Even if something feels like, you know, an emergency, it tells you, I'm actually, I'm okay in this moment. Right. Can I ask you a quick question by sharing yeah. a situation? So, The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. 
As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. I, I don't know if I shared this before with you guys that are listening right now or not, but I, I had a situation in, in, a, in a job site when one of the guys, which I really enjoy working with, really cool guy, right? So we were there, it was just him and I, and I had zero concern about being at the job site with him. I don't remember what was the conversation. And then he said one sentence. I was on the phone with somebody else and talking, talking, talking. And then I hang up the phone and I was like, wow, that was rough. And he's like, yeah, it was rough, but your accent is still sexy. So at that moment, right, my brain went into, my brain kind of like tricked me. My brain said to me, that's not what he said. You, you, he did not say the word sexy. You, hmm. you, English is not your first language. You probably heard something else. That's what not he meant. So I felt that my brain was in this like survival mode. Like, you know, you're safe. You're, you're cool. Everything is cool here. And, and, and then I was like, in kind of like shock. Hmm. I didn't know what to say to him. I actually didn't say anything at that moment to him. I just felt that I needed to leave mm -hmm. the place and mm -hmm. go somewhere else and then deal, deal with that. And I went to a, a different process. We had to have attorneys involved, hmm. policies and procedures in place. Cool. Still cool with the guy, but that had to be brought to his attention that he was no longer allowed to speak with a woman that way. And, and mm -hmm. he had to sign a document to really like, we had to document this. Mm -hmm. Not pleasant, but I'm, what you're saying is that when my, I felt that my brain did not, I didn't have oxygen mm -hmm. and I just froze at that exact moment. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's like, if I was conscious or not at that moment, if I ever, yeah. I, I don't think I was breathing. Yeah. That's exactly well, what you're saying. I mean, what you're describing to me, it sounds like you really took care of yourself, right? And yeah. your brain <laughs> signal, don't say anything in this situation, just get out, right? Which you did, and then you addressed it later on in a different way, which, and I'll talk about that, but I think there's this uh, myth that you always have to have a comeback in the moment, right? That's what right. we see in television, you know, when a woman stands up for herself, if the guy says the thing and she like, tells him off and feels good and walks away and the guy's like oh man you know and that's you know that can be fun to see and empowering to watch to see but it's it doesn't happen all the time that way that's not how real life is and that's okay you know I think it, in that moment like you said you felt like your brain froze or justified whatever was said and then you just left but the important thing is that you left right there was something really working for you in that moment, which was that 
really recognizing like this could be a dangerous situation now and you took care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's a, I'll get to towards the end of the breathe method. There's a step that, that really addresses that. Um, so the, the second step is to be uncomfortable, which Mm -hmm. is to recognize that something feels off, right? That is, so important. And again, it connects to what Liz is talking about of how do I feel really owning. If you feel angry, if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel smarmy, if you feel belittled, just acknowledging what that feeling is, is so important. Um, and sometimes, you know, this can happen in the moment, like when you're there in the parking lot and the guy says the thing, sometimes this is going to happen later when you sit down and think what just happened, you know, (laughs) the next day or a couple days later, but whenever the timeline is, it's important to just know what, what this person's actions brought up in you, how it made you feel without judging it. Often, um, I know, you know, for me, I'm a black woman. I'm always thinking about the angry black woman thing, right? I don't want to be angry. I don't, you know, I don't want to be seen as angry. I don't want to own that I'm angry. And the reality is sometimes I'm angry and I have a reason to be angry and that's okay. Um, just kind of owning it is really useful. And then you can, it'll allow you to move on to other things once you just acknowledge it. Um, So the next step is to reframe. And this totally connects to the Gabrielle Bernstein um, piece, right? Which is really trusting that um, everybody can be your teacher right? To teach you something about yourself, no matter if this person values you or is aligned, just by the way that you feel from somebody, um, from somebody's actions that can tell you about yourself. And that's valuable, even if it's painful or uncomfortable. So you don't have to believe that everything happens for a reason, but you can believe that you will find meaning in anything that happens. So this is changing this incident from this horrible thing that was just thrust upon me to something that I can use to understand myself better, to grow, to understand humanity better, to make me more confident in my job, dealing with contractors or whatever. It's like deciding I'm going to take this and I'm going to mine it for all of the lessons I can. Um, That's very powerful because you're not in control of the way other people kind of (laughs) talk to you or the stuff that comes at you. So having a intentional practice of like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to use it for my own kind of empowerment is really, um, is really important. So the next step is evaluate. When we are uh, triggered, it can feel like the worst thing that's happened to us it's at a 10, like the event, everything is very heightened. Um, the reality is not everything can be a 10, just, <laughs> just mathematically, right? There's going to be range. Some things are going to be small little comments. Some things are going to be really big affronts. It's important for you to have a scale for yourself to know how does this, uh, kind of in the scope of things, how serious is this incident? Mm. Um, and there's a few ways you can do that. You can have like a number line with, you know, one being a nothing. Somebody just says something under their breath. A 10 could be, 
you know, somebody saying, I'm not going to negotiate with you because you're a woman. <laughs> like I'd rather work with your male partner. Right. So, and that scale is going to be different for everybody, depending on your experience and your perspective. Um, you could have a stoplight, like a green light, yellow light, red light. You know, if, if somebody commits a, what I consider a green light offense, I'm not even, you know, I might roll my eyes <laughs> and then I'll move on with my life. Right. Whereas if it's a yellow or a red, I might consider having a follow-up conversation or, um, you know, getting more into it. Yeah. Um, there's another scale called 10, 10, 10, which is how will I feel about this event in 10 minutes? Mm. How will I feel about this event in 10 months? How will I feel about this event in 10 years? How will I feel about it or will I remember it? Yeah, Which, right? Because we freaking remember it like a week yeah, ago. Yeah, right. My quick question to you, and, and that might be, you know, um, something that other women feel. Sometimes they, we are rationally aware that the issue is very minimum, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like something. But it is bothering and you go in that cycle that it doesn't get out. For mm -hmm. some reason, we struggle with, with, with that. So it's kind of like a internal war mm -hmm. that I was like, why am I still thinking about this? This does not, it's not important. It's not a red light or, or whatever that right. circumstance is. Um, any tips for, for getting over that? Yeah. Well, I think that's a nice segue into the next, the next, one. The next step. You're just like, good job on just leading it there. <laughs> I, I, I knew it. I knew it. So the next step is to ask questions. Mm. And this is where you ask what's going on in my story that makes this moment really trigger me. Is there something in my own story right now in my life that is, um, kind of making me feel really sensitive to this thing. Mm. So kind of investigating what, what is the connection to you? Um, I had an incident with a, a friend of my partner's who was, um, when I was starting my business, he was mansplaining all the time to me about what I should be doing in my business, the Center for Women's Voice, and how- Of course, of course, he, know, of course he knows how to run a Center for Women's Voice. It totally makes sense. <laughs> and he was, you know, very friendly offering all, you know, giving me all these tips and things. And, you know, it was kind of harmless, but it was just pissing me off. And I had to get clear, like, why does this bother me so much? And when I really dug down, it was like, oh, he reminds me of my father. And oh, I have some insecurity about starting a business. So the fact that he's giving me these tips is kind of playing into the thing that I'm kind of afraid of. So it, it was really kind of um, asking questions is an opportunity where you take responsibility for your stuff that is causing you to see things in a certain way or, or in, impacting the way that you see things, right? Asking questions is also a time to acknowledge that we just never know the whole situation. We only have our own point of view. And it's very easy when we're in the midst of conflict to go to conclusions And I always try to encourage myself and others to go to curiosity, right? Why, what was going on for that person? Why did he feel like he could say that or at that time? You know, just knowing you just can't read anybody's brain, right? We can't. And so staying, staying open to the fact that there are 
there are pieces of the puzzle that we don't know. Mm. Um, we would live a, a much peace, much more peaceful life if we just went to curiosity versus conclusion about every interaction we have yeah. with people. I mean, yeah. quite honestly, like, God, I'm like thinking about my kids. I'm like, I, I got to work on that with my kids. Stay in curiosity versus conclusion, right? And like my son's yeah. thinking about what outfit he's going to wear for Halloween. And I'm like, just pick one. Just pick one. That's conclusion, right? <laughs> versus what do you think, son? I'm like, I got like two minutes to talk, trying to get him out the door. I love that context. Go to, go to curiosity versus conclusion. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's good. And it also, it takes it makes it less personal too when you recognize, oh, this person has a story also, right? That they're they're going through, and um, there might it might not even be about me in that moment. Um, so the next step is to talk to yourself, mm. and this is like the kind of um, you know self coaching practice of managing your thoughts. What are you saying to yourself about the situation? Are you saying, I'm okay, I'm safe, I've got this? Um, or are you saying, I'm worthless? You know, he, this person doesn't respect me. Uh, I'm not respectable. What are the things that you're internalizing and kind of um, that are kind of helping you go further into that spiral that you're talking about um, where you're just ruminating on the same information over and over and over again, right? So it's, really making sure, and this is something, you know, to develop for a certain situation, but this is one of the pieces that's like, you can think about this anytime, <laughs> empowering mantras for yourself in leadership context or in conflict before you're in conflict, right? How do you want to feel when um, you're in a difficult inter interaction? I want to feel uh, connected to my humanity and uh, my self-worth no matter what, right? So having some language that you can say in your head um, that's going to support you through this process. Um, the next step is to have empathy. So this is connected to the question and curiosity piece too, which is really believing that most people are doing the best that they can. Mm. Even if their best is not in alignment with our values, <laughs> even if their best is offensive to us or um, appalling, you know, most people, they're doing the next best thing that whatever they deem is the next best thing for whatever reason. So really kind of giving people the benefit of the doubt. And that does not mean excusing behavior, but it means understanding like, okay, there's a reason this was logical for that person to do, <laughs> um, which again, takes it out of the, um, internalizing it. This is about me. This is a, a personal attack on me. Um, this is a part of the human condition, which is conflict. We're going to have misunderstandings. We're going to have uh, places where our values don't connect. That's just a part of being a person. And the more you can kind of accept those moments with kind of uh, grace hmm. to just know like this is, this is a bigger, um, a bigger kind of uh, issue or a bigger principle that's playing out <laughs> um, that can give you some distance. Malika, a lot of the women that I know that are listening are saying, listen, because I know he's not going to go anywhere with that person or whatever that is, I rather don't go 
or do not have the conversation yeah. or don't have the conflict, right? Because I am not into having those conflicts with people. I am a peacemaker or whatever they label mm -hmm. themselves. Um, and I don't know if that is a cope mechanism for them to do not deal with it. But from your perspective, what is the impact on that person of not avoiding mm -hmm. those conversations? What is the impact on her? Not even on the other person, on her. Mm -hmm. So I think, and this does lead to the final oh, step. No, you're freaking kidding me right now. <laughs> so. Uh, engage or exit. Uh. So you get to decide what's right for you. I don't, I don't think you should always be having these conversations okay. and that's part of the evaluation piece, right? If something is not very serious to you, I feel like if you were going after every single person that offends you, you are going to burn out fast, Tired. right? Yeah. It's just not sustainable. And it's, it's too much emotional labor to, to put yourself in over and over and over again. So part of this tool is having a way to decide, is this worth following up? Is this something I need to investigate or go get into more? Or can I give myself permission to let this go? Now that I've gone through these steps and know how my own story is playing into this and have really thought about the other person and, whatnot is this something to let you know that i'm okay just moving on from and sometimes it will be you'll feel like yeah i don't need to i don't need to go back there and then other times this process might reveal like oh this is actually i really do need some closure here or um if this is particularly with somebody that you are have an ongoing dynamic with that you're going to be working with um, seeing again and again, it's like, I think I need to address this so we can move on in a, you know, more peaceful manner or just to share what's going on. And I, I, um, you know, I have certain strategies for how do you engage? If you decide I do want to follow this up, there's a lot of different ways that could, that could look. I really do kind of always recommend coming in with curiosity of really, asking somebody what was going on for you in that moment. I'm really interested to know. I'd love to hear what was going on for you. And I, can I share what was going on for me in that situation? Right. So uh, there's, there's a lot of um, kind of language that you can use to help broach those conversations. And sometimes it's not, it's not right after the fact, right. It's, it might be two weeks later, a month later, further on, that you recognize, oh, I, I do want to follow up. I do want to address this. And so kind of leading with, I know it's been three months since we had that conversation. I'm still thinking about it. I, you know, and so I want to connect with you. Is that something you're open to? Um, often that, that sense of, oh, so much time has passed. I, I missed the opportunity. It's, it's over. You know, I don't believe that. I think whenever, <laughs> whenever you're ready for that is the time to happen. And in, in many situations, if it's somebody that we know in our lives or we know how to reach them, we can follow up. Um, so I, I don't think that uh, that timeliness needs to be a reason why you don't get closure or don't repair the relationship or get clarity, right? Um, so, but I do firmly believe you, that's part of your power of using your voice is you decide when you want to speak up or when you want to address something and you decide when you don't want to do that. 
-hmm. And there are valid reasons why you might not, you know, follow it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, that's, that's it. Those are just decisions that we get to make in our own lives. I love, I love that. I love the acronym. And I, what we were sharing, what I wanted to mention was for someone who doesn't, I'm not going to say doesn't, for someone who naturally doesn't, I should say doesn't, because it is, it is using the word I'm trying to reframe it in a positive way here as I'm speaking, but I'm not naturally going to be someone who like loves conflict, right? I'm not going to naturally um, seek that out necessarily. However, speaking my truth to people I care about is something that's very important to me, right? So mm-hmm. I, what I'm, why, why I'm sharing this is if, if, if women, you have to develop a muscle for it. Yeah. So in some ways you can choose, you know, I had, I had a um, conversation with my father and I'm like the peacemaker in my family. My one sister kind of speaks up. The other one doesn't, you know, you know, doesn't speak up as much. She's kind of doing her own thing. And I'm kind of like, you know, do we really, need, my dad's my dad, you know, do we really need to engage him? He's 75, mm-hmm. you know, about something. And he, he kind of had a way of being uh, with me in the car and, and just was really just down. And, um, and it worried me. And um, I normally like old Liz, you know, um, wouldn't have said anything. Um, I wouldn't have, I was just like, that's my dad. You know, that's who he is. It's okay. But it affected me in a way that I'm like, my dad's a really positive person. He's a lot to give this world. And I really wanted to share that I was a little concerned about it with him. And that was hard for me because I don't normally do that, right? So I did, did I have the conversation with him and it's uncomfortable because I'm not naturally, I'm, I'm more of like, let me just, you know, listen to you versus let me, hey, this is what was coming up for me. And I had the conversation and I'm just like, I came from a very good place, but I'm like, hey, you know, you were really, um, you were really like, you know, this, this world is going <laughs> to hell in a handbasket. I was like, it was a really intense conversation you had with me. And um, it wasn't directed at me, but it was just, a, you know, and I'm like, I'm worried about you. Is everything mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, um, and he's like, no, everything's okay. And I get it. And it was just a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sharing this just with the woman listening. Cause I, if you're not someone who engages and just lets everything go, mm-hmm. there's a muscle you have to work on because mm-hmm. I, I do believe we, we get better when we work on things and we mm-hmm. get better by exercising the muscle. So mm-hmm. I, I'm like, this is an opportunity to exercise that muscle and have a breakthrough conversation with my father, which is obviously the most important thing. But, you know, or if it's like, I'm talking with Andressa, you know, I could have just let that go and worked on that issue myself. I knew what was going on. But me sharing what was coming up for me was, I felt like the right thing to do, to build a relationship with someone yeah. who, close to my husband, I talked to just as much, yeah. right? Be, besides my husband, <laughs> you know? Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, so I, you know, I hear, I, 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 I I completely agree and I pre- pre- love this model. I just, I cut, what comes up for me is like, how do we exercise that muscle for women who don't naturally do that? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, don't wait for like the, the one big conversation to have. Do it in small ways because then you're, oh, I'm getting better at this. It's like, it's like, it's like running. You don't just run yeah. 26 miles. You run one and then three. It's the same thing with confronting and speaking your truth, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, I love that story. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, the more you are willing to have hard conversations, the easier it gets. And I think underneath that, you said something which was, you know, you wanted to build a relationship or invest in your relationship with Andressa. It was worth it to have this awkward conversation because you know, this is somebody that you're connected to all the time. Right. And I think 
this goes into, you know, what is, what do you believe about conflict? What are the stories you tell yourself about conflict? Yeah. And that, that, you know, comes from when, when you were a kid and you first experienced conflict or you saw your parents fighting or what are the associations that you made? And I think, you know, for some people, conflict means um, disharmony or it means fear, you know, uh, I'm not yeah. safe, right? So then you're going to do everything to avoid those situations because you feel unsafe when you are having conflict. But there are a lot of other things that conflict can lead to. One is trust, right? When you have a conflict with somebody and you work through it, that actually builds trust. Um, so there are different, you know, conflict can also lead to clarity, right? Where you know, <laughs> you're yeah. clear about your values and you can really suss out or ask somebody what it, what it is that it caused them to act in this way. Yeah. So I think opening yourself up to, you know, positive associations with conflict and knowing that, you know, like you said, having the desire to build the muscle, knowing that the more you do it, the easier it'll get. And that, that, you know, to put it in the perspective of, you know, running a business or building an empire, like the more, <laughs> the more you are comfortable or able to interact with conflict, like the more unstoppable you become because you're not taken down by all of these things or you're not limited in your ability to communicate or to move on or to, um, to, you know, to speak up when that's called for, you're not afraid of, of conflict itself. So I think that's a val That's something you have to decide. Is that a value that I'm, that I want to cultivate or is that something I just want to avoid at all costs? You know, one thing that you guys say, and then on the flip side, on my, um, on my side, one important thing that you mentioned, Malika, is just like either have the conflict or exit, right? My muscle, I am more practicing that muscle, mm -hmm. like the exit, yeah. right? Do I need to engage on, I don't know, Susie 003145 at whatever <laughs> that does not agree with my our mission here to empower <laughs> women to live a financially free balanced life because whatever susie two three four five thinks uh right yeah so, yeah now do i want to tell her a b c d e all the reasons why yes but i need to practice that muscle Right, mm -hmm. so we are all mm -hmm. practicing a muscle. It's a really good point, Justin. We're 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 practicing two different muscles. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're not, when Liz should yeah. engage, when Andressa should exit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. Um, so so we got breathe. So I like I like to go. I'm like I'm sure you're an amazing facilitator, Malika. Let's review them for the ladies. Let's okay. Breathe, reframe, evaluate, ask questions, talk to yourself, have empathy, mm -hmm. engage or exit. Yes. Okay. Yes. I love it. I love and it. at the top, so breathe is the, the word. That's the first step. And the second one is be uncomfortable. That's at the very mm. breathe, be uncomfortable. Oh, there's like a, there's like two to that one. Yeah. Be. Okay. The be itself. That's very cool. We should tattoo it on our wrist. <laughs> All the way down. I love it. Well, that, that, that's really helpful because I think, you know, it's like anything you want to change something, you want to alter something. And yeah. then you get into the same situation and we keep doing what we're doing. We have to shift and we have to create a, um, a strategy, right? Yeah. And you have to practice the strategy, yeah. you know, and you have to do it ongoingly and then reflect. 
Because I want to get into the situation where I have that conversation again with Andressa. Within three minutes, I know, and I know yeah. that I'm feeling defensive about something. I'm able to figure it out in my head within a few minutes. Yeah. And I'm able to speak my truth within a few minutes, redirect, and then have a positive conversation. That's yeah. where I want to get to. Rather than like two hours after the conversation, like, I was defensive. Why was I defensive? <laughs> no, I'm not blaming myself, but I'm saying like, that's where I want to go. And I think most women want to like, okay, let's move on. Let's not like rob the conversation and, and let's, let's have an empowering conversation. So I think most women want to be unstoppable in their yeah. own way, right? Yeah. We all do. Some people yeah. want to conquer the world like I'm just, and I'm trying to do now. Um, but other, you know, it's like everyone wants to do something positive. And how do you, how do you do that? Well, the breathe method. I love it. Um, we could, I have like 55 more questions for you. So we're going to have to have you back on. <laughs> I would love to come back. Um, Malika, you've been so amazing. How can the women listening learn more about you and all the uh, great resources that you have? Oh, thank you. I'm so, I just, I'm so happy to be here and to connect with your audience. So um, you can follow me on Instagram at center for women's voice. And you can also um, sign up for my newsletter at cwvbreathe.com that'll also give you a pdf of this breathe method so that you can print it out you can put it on your phone you can really um kind of have the steps written down for yourself so cwvbreathe.com awesome and all this information you guys can find on our show notes and now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions the first one malika is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? All right. So I just have to give the caveat that these are the latest is the greatest for these questions because it was too hard to narrow it down. So these are recent things, but the book um, that has been so transformative is Essentialism by mm -hmm. Greg McCowan. It's a very quick read and it's not the most kind of revolutionary concept, but for whatever reason, the way that he laid things out, I really started to change my life after I read that book, um, which was thinking of myself as an essentialist, somebody who focuses on the essential versus what's essential to me versus a non-essentialist, somebody who has lots of space to do things that are essential to other people. Mm. And that kind of um, gave me the, the clarity and kind of freedom to let go of a number of activities that I had been involved with for a long time that were just kind of taking up my time and energy, but were not moving my life forward or my business forward. Um, he gives a great kind of um, example that you might use if you were cleaning out your closet, right? If, if mm. you take out a sweater and you say, if I didn't already have this sweater, what would I be willing to pay for it? Mm. And if it's, you know, nothing, give it away. <laughs> if it's, you know, a lot of money, keep, put it back in your closet. So it's thinking about the activities in your life and the relationships. If I wasn't already in this relationship or if I wasn't already in this involved on this committee, what would I be willing to do to get it? If I didn't have the job that I have now, like what would I be willing to do to get it? And if the answer is, Oh, I would, I would not, I would, I would say no, if I wasn't already on this thing, I would not do it. Then it's like information of like, okay, get out of it, figure out a way, you know, and it, I mean, it really, it really um, impacted me. So I highly recommend awesome. that book. 
Awesome. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? So I love to journal. That's something that I do every morning. And sometimes it's, you know, pages and pages and other times it's a paragraph. Um, but one thing I always do is at the end of my kind of journal entry is make a list that's thoughts to believe for today. So going to that kind of mental hygiene piece and intentionality piece, thinking through what am I doing today? How am I feeling today? What are the things that I want to believe to kind of <laughs> live my best life or take care of myself? And it really varies from day to day. On a day like today, one of my thoughts was, you know, I love connecting with aligned women and sharing the mission of Center for Women's Voice. That was, that's a thought I want to believe today. On another day, um, it might be something like, I have permission to go at my own pace, right? So really getting clear about um, what I want my own perspective to be for the day and actually writing it down. That's awesome. Last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? All right. So right now, I'm very inspired by uh, this woman, Kelly B. Kelly Brown. She's at Kelly B on Instagram. She's the creator of an online community called And I Get Dressed. And she blogs and creates uh, videos and content around plus size fashion. And her whole ethos is like, totally body positive and inclusive and it should not be so radical but it is to see a woman in a large body love her body without making any apologies without making it about fitness or weight loss but just about style self-respect and joy it is so exhilarating to me and um She's, you know, I love, I love seeing women who are really living that out, that, that unapologetic, bold life. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm going to check, check her out. Sounds like she's yes. uh, our kind of, <laughs> our kind of woman. <laughs> yes. um, Malika, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing um, all your expertise and just your, your, your truth, if you will, um, with us and our community. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I had a blast. It was wonderful to connect with you both. Thank you so much, Malika. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.